0: What's up, guys? I'm Chris Clemens, and you're listening to the Amside Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Amside Podcast, the show that talks about all things disc golf. From weekend rounds with your mates to the Pro Tour over in the States, we've got you covered all from an amateur perspective. As always, we're your hosts, Rob and Dale. Dale, why don't you tell this week's listeners a little bit about this week's show? Yes, we
2: have had another Silver Series events. Now, I'm all for
1: live disc golf,
2: Rob, but I love a full weekend of live coverage. Um, So a little bit disappointing that I can only watch one day, but what a one day we had to watch. Um, The Mid-American Open did not disappoint, so absolutely buzzing to discuss that. And everyone would have seen this week's guest is none other than Dynamic Discs, Chris Clemens absolute hero and a joy to chat to so looking forward to uh,
1: everyone listening to that yeah chris clements what an absolute legend we're gonna jump into that talk about this week's coverage but first gotta do uh, gotta do a little bit of business and mention the sponsor of the am side which is DiscHub.co.uk. um now we've talked about some of the plastic they have in stock in the past just want to give another shout out to the uh the Yukon crossbow now i was uh, i was throwing this thing all weekend long coming in with the birdies this thing flies like no other disc and they're about to get some restock of it very very soon so uh make sure you check out dischub.co.uk use our code amside5 and get yourself five tasty percent off your order yeah definitely do that i've just got myself brand new hayley king heat and oh my
2: god that thing's swirly for for z plastic so definitely go and check them out but rob mid-american open what a weekend of disc golf um, I don't know about you, but it was it was great fun to watch that final day. You know, sometimes of work I don't get to see as much live disc golf as i want to, but this weekend, um, just before line of duty, I was able to to catch that last round. Um, but yeah, incredible. Day one, Rob, 20 players tied
1: or close to within two shots of the lead. We haven't seen that for a while. Not at all. I think it um I think it's very indicative of the course itself so is it an easy course is it a, a hard course but it plays to a, a lot of players out there strengths so I think um yeah it definitely shows that a lot of people are obviously enjoying themselves over the weekend oh brilliant you know there's um I think it's a like whole
2: eight or nine there's a par four um it's 137 meters but you're coming out of a, a, a tree line you're going into fields you're then going back into a tree line with a great S line throw, you're, you're parking it. And we watched Kyle Klein on that last round, you know, putting it to within circle one. Unfortunately, he did miss the putt, but he's given himself those opportunities. So, first of all, let's give a shout out to them, the winner
1: of MPO, Kyle Klein. What an absolute hero. I mean, the guy had his prom this weekend. So, uh, I mean, what <laughs> a hell of a weekend he had. He got to go to prom, he, uh, he, he got to win a Silver Series event. And yeah, he must be. Uh, he must be smiling from cheek to cheek currently.
2: Oh, you know, he's been up there and up there. You know, first time I really started to think, you know, this player's got potential was at USDGC last year, playing with Eagle on a, on a top card. And I think it's going to be reminiscent of the story that Avery told us. You know, the first time that he played with Simon Lazart on that lead card, knowing that player was going to be special. You know, I think someone like um big germ playing with him is gonna be thinking you know this guy is gonna go places and i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him you know world champion in years to come uh, as he said you know he had his prom this weekend you know if i start sweeping out my prom we'd have to click that explicit um <laughs> that explicit um thing for the podcast but we'll keep it clean
1: but you know what a hero i uh, love to see it absolutely love to see it yeah and we've spoken before about uh, it's great to see names at the top that we haven't quite seen before um but kyle's actually one that we do see a lot of the time he normally comes in in the top 20 spots so he's normally having a very a decent weekend it's just amazing to see him come away with that top spot uh, uh, the, uh in the tournament just gone um, but fourth spot, uh, Connor O'Reilly, a name that I haven't heard of, but someone that um, has done really well. And I think that's the beauty of the Silver Series events, which is because you don't get as many of the, um, obviously, the big shooters. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Macbeth pulling out a little bit later on. But um, because you don't get that, the the pool is a lot more mixed, a lot more varied. And you do start seeing some really promising names moving forward, which is, uh, which is something I personally love to see.
2: Yeah, I think it's great seeing these stacked fields. You know, it's great watching McBeth. It's great watching you know the big guns. But sometimes, you know, you want to see people you haven't heard of. You want to see exciting players that are going to be there for years to come. And yeah, you're right. People pulling out are going to do you know wonders for those people. It's going to do absolute miseries to my grip six, but not that I'm bitter. Um, you know, but taking down a silver series event, it, it's still an eighty. It's still worth tour points. I think the reason we may have seen people pulling out of this weekend was it wasn't a USDGC qualifier. Dynamic this opens, kicks off on Wednesday. So people that only have, you know, a day to travel and and possibly one or two days of practice, Um, I think it was cutting it fine. But those players that want those points, we've seen that last year, the reason that Katrina Allen won Player of the Year is because she played these smaller tournaments. Paige Pierce didn't, so she wasn't getting those extra points. Um, so, pay people like Kyle Klein taking down these events are just going to shoot
1: his rating and shoot him up that table. Oh, yeah, it's just chomping at the bit, isn't it? It's, it's nibbling off these little points week on week. And uh, if you win one of these things, it's it's no small fry. You're, you're, you're going to be in good stead going forward for the rest of the year. Yeah. And we saw it on day three, you know, we had a battle with Chris Dickerson, Kyle Klein, Jeremy
2: Colin. They were all going for it. And it was all going to be down to who parred first. You know, Big German had a, par- a couple of pars early on, then Chris Dickerson, you know, and Kyle Klein just kept going on that birdie train. You know, I was watching him for, I think he had sort of eight, nine birdies in a row, and he, he, wasn't, he wasn't stopping. He had an eagle look. Um, and we're seeing there was a hole that was, I think, less than 100 meters long, and we're seeing players put it short. Because they're not used to those short holes, uh, whereas you know, you put me on a on that hole, and uh, I'm parking it. But, <laughs> but it's because what I'm used to, I'm used to those smaller holes. But yeah, MPO did not disappoint. And another thing, it didn't disappoint was FPO this weekend. Finally, we have had a weekend of proper competitive disc golf with. Everyone battling out. There was not one player I could say that person is going to win it this weekend because everyone played their heart out.
1: Yeah, the top spot was available really until the last few holes. And that's really what we want to see. Uh, and that's what makes a battle uh, so thrilling to watch. So, um, yeah, I-, I hope this is setting the tone for FPO moving forward because it's it's great to see um, some of these some of these ladies coming out and absolutely killing courses and winning by huge numbers. But actually, what we had this weekend, we had people that are all at the top of the game showing that they all have the potential that weekend to be the winner, uh, but only one person come out on top. Yeah, Heather Young. Congratulations to her.
2: Uh, prodigy Swanson disc golfer, um, you know, coming out in the purple, absolutely loving it. Friend of the show, Vanessa Van Dyken coming out in second. She absolutely crushed. She played so so well, um, which again, you know, is only just boosted her confidence. I've seen on Instagram that she was she was ecstatic. She would have been disappointed not to get the win, but you know she's going out there. It, it, it's nice not having. You know, we spoke on episode one about there being that Paige Pierce era, and we have not seen it this year. You know, she's got five world titles. Let someone else have one. I'm looking forward this year to to really seeing it. Um, you know, I, I don't even think. Rob, well, she's at Dynamic Dis Open this weekend, uh, coming up. You know, she's in Hawaii at the moment. Um, I, I just
1: don't think she wants it as much as she. I'm not seeing that fight and that pizzazz from from Paige Pierce. Yeah, I think when we talk about the uh, Paige Pierce era this year, I think we're going to have to insert the words "end of a" because I think we may be seeing the end of the Paige Pierce era because she's not performing as well as she has in previous years. I'm not I'm not completely writing her off. She can come back. We know what she's capable of doing. But if she keeps sort of going this season, as she has done, then I don't think that she's going to be a talking point too much moving towards the end of the year and definitely not a contender for Worlds or USDGC or these, uh, these big tournaments, which obviously she's done very well in, in the past. It'd be so Paige Pierce, wouldn't it, to not play as many tournaments this year go into worlds and absolutely
2: dominate and win. <laughs> you know, that, that's the sort of thing I can see happening. But um, I'm just enjoying seeing a battle. I'm enjoying not seeing one name across everything. You know, that goes for NPO as well. You know, we're seeing Ricky Wysocki come out this year. We're seeing names that we haven't seen as often. You know, Ricky's always been up there with Paul and it's been that massive battle. But even, you know, Paul Macbeth this year, is he, won once or twice. You know, he, we're not seeing him dominate. We're not seeing that domination of disc golf that we did last year and the year before that. Um, so I'm all for it this year. And I think we
1: chose a very good year to start a podcast. <laughs> absolutely. There's a lot to talk about. And that's uh, that—that's for sure. And a lot of people, that are getting into disc golf as well. So a lot of people that uh, hopefully want to listen about all of these things that are happening. But talking about the pros and someone that is just absolutely killing it, week on week every tournament he's in he's coming in those high top spots um our guest this week chris clemens chris was an absolute delight to sit down with um and i'm sure that can uh, it, it can be reflected in the interview that we're about to to play you guys but uh we'll jump over to that interview and hear what he has to say ladies and gentlemen mr chris clemens chris welcome to the show how's it going <laughs> it's pretty good Um, so just in case anyone's been playing disc golf under a rock the last few years, can you give us a quick intro into who you are?
0: Uh, my name is Chris Clemens. I'm a, I'm a lefty. Uh, I throw some pretty big forehands. That's kind of what people know me for, I guess. Um, I come from like the Midwest, Missouri. Um, yeah. And this is, I think this is my fourth year touring. So, I'm kind of slowly becoming a veteran on the tour. But yeah. Amazing.
1: Well, um, you, you said it, uh, lefty. I think that's the first thing and great thing to jump into. Um, obviously, you've got a lot of defining characteristics, but we'll get onto uh, some of them a little bit later on. Um, and actually, the first point about being a lefty comes from a listener question. So we asked about topics and questions uh, related to the podcast, what they'd like to hear. Um, and this one comes from jay and he says most courses are designed with right-handed players in mind uh forcing left-handed players to predominantly throw forehand do you think course designers consider lefties uh, when designing courses and do you think this is something they should do in the future or will do in the future
0: um i think that mo i mean most people are right-handed so most course designers and people looking at courses and layouts tend to be right-handed um I do feel like overall, most holes do favor a right-handed, backhand player. But I think on tour, um, a lot of the courses are fairly even. And there are some really good lefty courses like Winthrop, uh, where USDGC is. And But I mean, it definitely helps to have a big forehand um But you just kind of got to know your game, and there's some holes like you might not be able to get if it's super windy, and so you just kind of got to play for par, and you just kind of can't think about it, and you just got to do what you can do.
1: Absolutely, watching you on coverage, I mean, the fact you're a lefty doesn't seem to hinder you're still bringing in the big wins and, uh, and and placing amazingly. So uh, it it didn't look like it was too much of a challenge for you, which is always a sign of a pro.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, like, my first year on tour, I think it was 2018. And Vegas, like, and we were joking playing our rounds yesterday. I was like, oh, look, another righty hyzer. Like, you know, just get Raz and everybody. And, I mean, Vegas and Memorial, like, they're very, uh, you know, there's a ton of righty hyzers. There are holes where there are lefty hyzers, but most of the holes have big righty hyzers. And, you know, that's just how it is. And you kind of, I've gotten used to it. Over the years, and you just kind of you have to accept it because if you're trying to battle it or you're like mad about it already, when you get into your round, you're already going to be down, you know. So you just want to forget about it and play your game.
2: Nice. I think on tour, obviously, everyone has their their big thing. You know, you've um, you've got James Conrad. Obviously, he's got his long hair. Um, he's well known for it. Um, obviously, you got Eagle and Garrett with their um with their massive sunglasses. Um, I don't think anyone can. uh, Deny you with your bandanas. I think you've got your own brand, haven't you? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. How um, how did you sort of think? Do you know what? I'm gonna become the bandana
0: guy, um, because no one else is rocking it like you are. Right. Um, I think. Go for it. Um, I think, I I had, like, I started pulling my hair back, like a long time ago and then I started realizing like man I need like something to like keep the flyaways away you know like um uh, so basically that's where the bandana came from um and I used to wear like a an actual bandana but then when I I met a girl in Arkansas and she had there's a company there and it's called Junk Headbands and um she like had one and I wore it and I was like dude this thing's awesome like this is way better than a bandana uh and they have like tons of different designs and crazy stuff so uh, I've been wearing them for years, and then luckily I was able to kind of collab with them and kind of create my own recently, so that's pretty sweet. I'm not
2: sure I could rock it, really. I have to wear a hat at the moment because I can't get my hair cut, but I'm not quite sure I'm ready for a bandana yet. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, you can pull oh, it off. I, I really don't think I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Obviously, we're in lockdown, so I can't even get my hair cut at the moment, so it's been two months.
0: Dang. My my girlfriend, she's actually a hairstylist, but I think she's like trimmed my hair once. Surprisingly, uh, I don't get my hair cut like too often. But I used to wear hats like growing up because I played <laughs> baseball my whole life. But I haven't worn a hat in like forever. I might have to bring it back eventually. Oh, I can't get rid of
2: the bandana. But Rob, do you think that um, that will count as essential travel if I go and get Chris's uh, girlfriend to cut my hair?
1: I reckon we could swing that. I think that might work.
2: Awesome. I'll, I'll see you yeah. next week. Uh, I'll have a, a, a skin hey, sure. please.
0: <laughs> she she might actually want to come to England. I think she'd rather awesome. go
2: there. Well, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure the legality of that at the moment, but I'll take the risk. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Chris, obviously uh, you're on Team Dynamic Discs and you have been uh, for as long as we've been watching you on coverage. Um, something we wanted to delve into. So, uh, your own quote on the Dynex website was that being part of the team is the feeling of family before anything else. Um, and we've had a lot of guests on the show that have moved sponsors. So we've had, uh, Ezra Adderholt come, uh, go to Discraft. We've had Thomas Gilbert obviously move as well. Can you talk about a little bit what it means to being a part of a team and have a team member leave and how that changes dynamic and how it, that affects the rest of the team?
0: Um, yeah, I know the first year we sh- I started touring uh, was 2018. And DD, they added a ton of players, they added like Dustin Keegan, Zoe Andyke, uh, AJ, Peter McBride, like just tons of people. And over the last couple of years, like some of them have left and even like my touring partner, Jordan. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a little different. Like it's nice when Jordan, we would be throwing the same stuff. But given that he doesn't throw it anymore. He gave it all to me. So that's really nice. Uh, I mean, but for me personally with DD, like they're in the Midwest around where I'm at. And I threw latitude. I was sponsored by latitude before, uh, DD. And then I like kind of switched teams, which is kind of weird. Um, I had to, I had to like talk to Rusko and Berglund and stuff and make sure it was all right. And we worked out a deal. Um, So, I mean, I've been throwing the same stuff for years and I'm super good uh, friends with EMAC and Rusco. And like I've known him for a long time, even before I was sponsored. So uh, it does just feel like a family, not necessarily like a business partnership.
2: Nice. I, I, I love that. But one thing I do want to touch on, obviously, we know you're a lefty, but how did it feel when your right arm was taken away from you and he moved to MVP?
0: <laughs> it was it was tough, man. Uh, we do like we play a lot of like doubles uh, rounds. Like a lot of tournaments will have like you know a doubles thing before the tournament, and we're still undefeated uh, playing. And so, I mean, it it took a little bit for Jordan to kind of learn his this, but he's throwing really really well. And I think at like our level, uh, once you become you know a really good player. You can kind of sometimes you got to learn the discs but once you get used to them like we can kind of throw almost anything you know like there's a lot of companies make really good discs
2: nice and do you do, is that banter still there you know because you're touring together have you still got that bromance even though obviously he's throwing completely separate to you or anything like that
0: oh of course uh there was a whole yesterday i think it was uh 17 on the infinite course and Castro threw and immediately said a second after went out of his hand he's like man a fuse would have been perfect for that shot and so he you know he still he still knows uh you know the fuse is kind of a -a one-of-a-kind disc and you needed something that like flipped a little bit more than the the disc he threw I don't even know half the disc he throws because there's just so many of them
2: oh nice I do have a fuse on disc golf valley so I know exactly what he means
0: yeah oh
1: yeah <laughs> um so something you might not know i don't know if you've been chatting with jordan but we've actually got him coming onto the show next week um so mm-hmm. something yeah. that we thought would be really fun is to um so we've got a show over here or we had a show over in the uk called uh, mr and mrs and it's a little bit how well you know each other i'm sure you have a similar uh, a similar premise over in the states um but we've got a couple of yeah. uh, disc golf and non-disc golf related questions we'd love to um, ask you obviously, we'll get uh, Jordan's answers when he's on the show, and uh, we can see how well you match. And uh, we have initially called this segment Disc Functional Friendships. So, uh, <laughs> all
0: right, I love it, that's awesome! Cool.
1: So, the first one, like you said, you don't know a lot of MVP discs, so you can give it your best guess. But what's Jordan's favorite disc?
0: His favorite disc, Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'd probably say I feel like he's been throwing a mayhem a lot lately, but I have no idea what it does. (laughs) So I'm saying mayhem. We'll we'll lock mayhem in. Um,
1: great. So the next question, you and him are out on a, on a round playing a putter only challenge. Who's coming away with the win?
0: Hmm. That's... I feel like that's going to be close. Uh, I'm going to say me, but I think he's going to say him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you've, got, you've got to have some self-love, so uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, like I said, touring partner, who's the messiest
0: on tour? Me,
1: 100%.
0: 100%. He cleans up after me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, the next one. Most likely to be late to a tea time
0: uh he he does razz me a lot because he'll like if we're supposed to leave at eight in the morning he'll he'll tell me to be ready by seven thirty but I am never late, and we have never been late uh for a tea time but I, it would probably be me.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you sound like an awful touring partner, Chris. You're, you're messy. You're late. It's... <laughs> I,
0: I know it's. I know it's terrible, isn't it? He puts up with me.
1: Amazing. Um, and we've got one. One more question, uh, and that's who's the most likely to lose their cool and get angry on a round? Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us a time when that did happen?
0: <laughs> um. Jordan like so if you if he's playing well he's very talkative and you can hear him usually like across the course he's very uh very loud and animated so if he's not playing well then he's very quiet um he doesn't he doesn't really like have any outbursts or anything like that usually he's just very like kind of quiet and I feel like for me mostly like it's hard to tell if I'm playing good or bad. I'm pretty even keel. and like, you know, I just accept it for what it is, you know? So.
1: I was going to say, we've, we've got a, uh, a friend that we play with on, quite regularly. And he, uh, if he's not having the best of rounds, he'll incorporate swear words into his release, which we always enjoy, uh, especially when there's a, especially when there's a oh, family behind us and he turns around and apologizes. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's I think awesome. most of
2: the frustration comes from there's so many challenging holes out there. And I don't think any hole is as challenging as hole 17 at Windrop. Um, I think you called it a cruel mistress, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Um I'm always so interested to know about that hole because I look at it and I'm like, it is so daunting the water and the, the back, of you've got the islands. Um what disc is going through your mind and what you how are you throwing it?
0: Um, I have mostly thrown a justice or a harp, depending on winds. Um, and that's what I threw. That's what I've thrown in the last couple of years. Uh, and actually before I, the, my first time missing that Island was, uh, at USDGC in 2019 during the last round. Um, I had never missed it before, but the wind was kind of like ahead, left to right. And so I threw my harp on a little bit more hyzer because I thought the wind would flip it up. And uh, it just kind of like pushed it right. And so I tried to like account for it and kind of did the same thing the next shot. And so then I finally took a triple X. I was like, all right, don't come up short. And then I barely came up long. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like that that hole is kind of, I don't know, a lot of forehanders really like that hole. You know, Yuvi usually plays that hole really well. Adam Hammes, uh, that little touchy forehand. But I like it because I can kind of throw a slower disc and kind of stop it on the green uh but yeah it's just one of those holes like you're there's a long walk to it uh you're thinking about it you know uh a couple holes beforehand you're already thinking about okay like just throw it on the island get in bounds so it's a great it's a great hole you know like when you're practicing it's super easy but when it comes down to crunch time like it's one of those holes that you think about and I think that that's good
2: on paper, it's not actually that hard, is it? It's not far. There's no. it, 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 it is literally for a, for a, a righty. It's a forehand. You know, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if people like Yuli smash it, as he's self proclaimed top five forehand player in the world. So, yep. um, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I mean, are you you said about you thinking about a couple of holes before going into that tournament? Are you thinking about that hole before you've even started?
0: Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I usually don't like dwell on like one specific hole, uh, before the tournament. And if I am, then I, you know, try to go and get my practice on that hole. I know that the, so last year in 2020, it was my first time coming back since 2019 and my first time playing the hole in a tournament. And I was like, dude, throw it inbounds, like no matter what. And so I took my justice and I threw it so far right; it was like <laughs> leaning on the hay bales, but in because I was like so scared of the water, you know. Um, but I got a three, so it's better than an eight or whatever. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what, what what I
1: found with uh, with that hole, um, a lot of pros do is if you throw it directly into the basket, it completely eradicates the island, uh, eradicates the water. It normally, makes it quite a bit easier, uh, and that goes with quite a few holes that I see on tour.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes hundred uh, percent, but if you're running that hole like if you're trying to ace run it it's if you're if you don't throw it exactly right, it could go o b
2: but I think that's the same with most ace runs if you if you're running it, the chances are you're gonna be have a worse shot than if you just you know played it safe and played for the birdie because yeah. you're playing more aggressive but this is coming down with more power, you've got more chance of a skip and more chance to go out about, especially at that hole, you're more likely to go in the water if you run it.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I think only the really holes I only really like ace run are usually kind of like if you can come in on a spike hyzer or something yeah. to where it kind of digs. But for the most part, I'm trying to land the disc, you know, 20, 30 feet short and then have it slide up to the basket.
2: Often that's why I haven't got an ace yet, because I'll just concentrate on the birdies rather than the aces. Yeah,
1: I love it. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. So Chris, something we ask all of our guests um, is about losing discs. So we know losing discs is a big part of the sport. I mean, I'm sure quite a few discs have been lost on Winthrop 17. Can you bring us back to a time where you have lost a disc and it's really played on your mind or it was just a special time to lose a disc or an annoying time?
0: Um, I'm trying to think of a specific time. I'm sure that it's happened... You know, quite often, but probably a couple of years ago, because I think I learned um, to have backups or don't throw a disc that you really don't want to lose, you know, if you could lose it. Uh, I know that every time we go to play Fountain Hills, um, I bring quite a few like bio defenders or enforcers because I know I'm probably going to lose some in the water. And so I kind of prepare um, a disc that i think i did actually lose i think it might have been my first maybe 2018 and i did lose one of my vip harps like a beefy harp and so i was like i need another harp like a a beefy one that's kind of an important disc and i was gonna throw it on 17 and so i think zach melton gave me one um so that's kind of a time i could remember like i needed a backup and i didn't really have one and i definitely thought about it
1: also my guess being sponsored um it's not as much of an issue if you lose a disc cuz you've always got those backups for us if we throw a disc in the water it's a bit like a yeah. grand theft auto when the money sign flies up on the screen well that's 15 pounds down the down the drain <laughs> um, and i, yes, I just yes. jump back on a jump back online and order a replacement and hopefully it flies the same
0: yeah i i try to remember that because i'll see you know comments on facebook or reddit and people talking about discs and they want to know you know what disc is specifically would be good for them. And I'm like, they don't have the opportunity to try out a ton of different discs unless you have a lot of money. Or, you know, sometimes I just have a bunch of people who will have discs and let me throw them. So I try to remember what it was like, you know, 10 years ago, whenever I would like find a disc with no number and then wait and ask people if it was anybody's and then I acquired it. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. You know, I have another disc. And so, but yeah, I think losing losing certain discs, you know, like your Flippy Explorer you've been throwing for years and stuff, That that's tough.
2: It's not just like us when we started, Rob. You know, I remember playing rounds and we could watch our bags grow. It was exactly that. You know, you find a disc, you're like, oh, I've added to it. And now we can't stop buying plastic. So yeah. it is a problem there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris, right. I, I always like to ask a few questions. Um, they're generic questions, but I'd love to know the answer. So, first one, um, you could play with three other players of your choice. Um, who's it going to be? What would be your, your dream card?
0: Um, Probably Nate Sexton. He would be on there. Um, I enjoy playing with him. He's, you know, I try to he's kind of had an influence on me, you know, being so cool and he kind of dissects courses and he doesn't, you know, do any one thing like exceptionally well. He does a lot of things really well. And so I try to, you know, kind of follow in his footsteps and his mental games. Awesome. Um, I'll probably probably say Simon. Uh, Simon's just super fun to play with and I get to watch crazy lines. Uh, so that it's always interesting, and he's always upbeat and having fun, Um, so I really enjoy playing with Simon. Um, Another person would probably be, hmm, who would be the last one? Man, that's tough, that's, that's tough, Um, who I really enjoy playing rounds with,
1: um, I guess it can't be I guess it can't be Jordan because he's back uh, cleaning up yeah, after you yeah it can <laughs> be
0: I, probably another lefty I like playing with Nathan Queen um, it's nice to have like to be able to see some of those lines uh, so I'd say yeah have an even le- two lefties two righties
2: nice I like that that's a, that's a great I'd love to play with Nate Sixton as well so that's a great that's a great card um, who do you think is going to surprise us this year on tour, who do you think is gonna really show us what they're made of? Um,
0: I'd say, I mean, Kyle Klein definitely is really good, and he's um, you know, he won Rookie of the Year last yep. year, and he's definitely a pick uh for a lot of people. So a lot of he's already on a lot of people's radars, um, you know. But I think he'll keep improving, and he's young, and he's only gonna get better. I think Thomas Gilbert um, is going to have some good finishes. You know, he already has had them, but I think that he's already played these tournaments a couple years, and, you know, that's an advantage. Um, I think I think Terry Rothelsberger will have mm-hmm. a bounce-back year. Uh, it was Love his first it. year touring last year, and so that's yeah. it's tough to learn the ropes, you know, and play a bunch of courses you've never played before every single weekend. Um, but you know that's the thing about disc golf especially now like I had never heard of Kyle Klein before last year Um, so I think it's going to be somebody like I've never heard of or maybe I've like seen his name but like I don't really know him so it could be anybody and there's just so many good players right now
2: yeah definitely that's what I love about the the tour at the moment there's so much out Mm -hmm. there and finally favorite event of the year
0: uh, it's probably USDGC um it's it's just special uh the people that i stay with um are amazing uh it's i stay with anthony anselmo and his family and he's a junior player on dv and he's a lefty um and just like the when you get to the course and you like walk around it just has like a, a magical feeling to it and there's just like an aura or a mystique about it and so it's just super enjoyable and i just love the course you know it sets up well for me so i it's i just love the entire experience of it
2: nice love it absolutely love it
1: so chris thank you so much for joining us uh, we know you're busy guys so we'll let you uh, get back on with your day but um we'd great love to have you back at the end of the year to maybe discuss some of those big wins that we know we have no doubt that you'll pull in um but until then yeah, it was uh, great having you on and we wish you the best for your season
0: Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I'm looking forward to it.
1: And just in case uh, people
2: don't know where to find you, um, why don't you give your, your socials a shout out so they can go give you a follow?
0: Uh, yeah, DD Clemenade on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Reddit as well. So, and I think I even started the TikTok. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do it all, I'm trying to keep up with it all. And yeah. uh, I think we're going to be doing a couple of vlogs this year on YouTube as well. So
2: love it i just love all the discof content so uh thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah good luck for the
0: season thank you guys
1: wow what an awesome guest clemenade he's absolute legend and uh an absolute delight to sit down with and uh obviously you now know who we have on next week uh an episode we're hugely excited to get out to you guys because that was another great conversation so um yeah, obviously, lots of, lots happening over here on the AM side. Yeah, things are moving,
2: and uh, it's really, really good to see. Talking about moving, let's move on to the Dynamic Discs Open. We have got some awesome content on the way. I cannot wait. One of my favourite courses, one of my favourite uh, competitions to watch. Um, Rob, MPO, FPO, who have you got? You've got a
1: stacked field to choose from. You know what? I'm I'm fighting myself to not go Clemens. He's. I mean, it's the dynamic disc open. He is Mr. dynamic discs, and uh, he's he's been he's having a pretty good year. Um, but it's, I'm going to go Rikki Saki. I said last uh, I said last week that we weren't giving him the love that he deserves, and I think that he's absolutely killing it. Um, I think he works off. Uh, you mentioned that you obviously want to pick the same winner over and over again because uh, the chances are they won't win. But actually, I think when it comes to ricky Saki, I think he thrives off that. He he thrives off being the best, taking those wins. And I think that's just fuel for the next win. Um, so I think he's got a fantastic shot. He's on form right now, which really goes without saying. soki my spot for MPO. <laughs> and you know what? FPO, I'm going to go Sarah Hokum because we mentioned it earlier. She pulled out of... Uh, of uh, the weekend just gone, her and Paul Beth, which were our, my, my picks for for the weekend, absolutely ruining my predictions and ruining my grip six in the process. But there must be a reason that Sarah pulled out. And I, I like to think that she was just putting the grind in and getting extra ready for this weekend. Um, so I expect big things. Because if there aren't big things, then she'll have something to answer for about why uh, she messed my grip six up. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, one player that I know pulled out of mid America Open
2: to go and focus on Emporia has to be Point Beth. That is going to be my pick this week. 100%. I've got faith. He absolutely loves his course. Um, he has been grinding and grinding away for the last week. Um, some great content coming out from Hannah uh, and him over on YouTube, which is Awesome. Um, so MPO Point Beth, FPO, I'm going to go with Missy Gannon. As I said, she's one of my favorite FPO players out there. She's been up there every single week. And I think that win's coming. There is no better putter out there. I've just spent an hour in the garden today, making sure my putt looks like hers. Um, it doesn't, but that's another story. Um, that's for last week. <laughs> um, so that's going to be my two. So Paul McBeth and Missy Gannon. Um, I cannot wait to see that. Um, but Rob, just to uh, quickly add to that, we've got our, well, your third, my second PDGA sanctioned tournament this weekend. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your expectations and how you're feeling to get on. Um,
1: one thing I don't want to talk about is me kicking my bag at our practice round. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that off the cards. Um, yeah, I feel great going this weekend. Uh, we mentioned last week, uh, uh, on last week's episode, that I've just finished a tournament uh, tournament at the Wembley Open. Um, that was a uh, weekend just gone, and I've, I I performed pretty well. I, I stuck to the game plan. Uh, I played for par, which obviously in the sort of lower divisions, if you're playing for par, you're normally going to come, come away with some strokes on the rest of your card, and that definitely seemed to work out for me. Um, I think came about mid-table in my division, but that's where I wanted to be. Um, moving to Creaksy this weekend, it is a punisher of a course. Um, and Dale can be a, a testimony to that from a lot of the lost plastic that, uh, well, no longer resides in his bag, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel good again. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play for par if, uh, it's notorious for wind. So if it's crazy windy, I'm going to try and make the right disc choices. Or if I'm not confident that I can really fight the wind or play with the wind, Lay up, maybe take a bogey on now and then and hope that that wind is going to uh, make a lot of other players find the OB. Yeah, it's a difficult course. It's a beautiful course. Some stunning scenery uh, as you walk around, but
2: it is punishing. As soon as that wind gets up, it changes everything. Um, you know, we found a disc uh, in the fields the other day from one of the best players in the UK, and that's testament of how hard it is. If he's losing discs, and I don't feel so bad. Um but, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't got very high expectations for myself, purely because it's my nemesis course. If I can get through the first six holes, not too damaged, I can lick my wounds and carry on. But I'm really looking forward to it. Really
1: looking forward to it. But, you know, you got to play good, but also, Rob, you've got to look good absolutely you've got to look good uh, and people with the keen eye that follow us on social media may have noticed uh, a name called Backhand Disc Golf um, popping up on a, on a post or two um, the guys over at Backhand what they're doing is they are uh, launching and creating a, um, Disc Golf apparel now we've discussed uh, apparel in the past how Dale rocked up to his first rounds dressed as, uh, dressed as Tiger Woods um because he thought that obviously uh oh disc golf's like golf i'll wear my golf gear but um these guys are making some amazing performance where um we are we're excited to have got our hands on some of this stuff and we're using it we'll be using it this weekend at creek seat we'll be playing good we'll be looking good uh and we're we're gonna have them on the show fairly soon and maybe we've got a great announcement to uh to make on that episode so also look out for that uh, but in the meantime go check them out on uh on instagram uh backhand disc golf and uh see what they they have coming up
2: so once you're looking good rob you've also got to have some good
1: plastic so where can our listeners go and get some of that well where can you go to get plastic where else than diskhub.co.uk the sponsor of this show and you know what i don't like paying a full price for my disc I don't know about you So uh, I I like to use code AMSIDE5, gets me 5% off and makes me feel like I've got myself a bargain. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you want to support us, guys, then go and check us out on all of our social medias.
2: We're at the AMSIDE podcast on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, everything. And I just want to to directly talk to our listeners right now because I want you all to do me a massive favor. Once you're listening to the podcast, if you're enjoying it, then please go and give it that five-star review. And just give us a little message to say how much you loved it. If not, give us a message anyway. Let us know what, what we could do better or what you would love to see coming soon. Our email is uh, amsidepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. But guys, until next week, if we don't see you on the course, we'll see you on the Amside.